0: Gee, Cal, who are the old people?
1: <laughs>
0: Is this your mom and dad? Oh, God, no. No, these are just the neighbors. They live in the empty lot next door. <laughs> they look dirty.
1: Ew. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Let's rock.
1: Thanks, Dad.
2: Can I get a woman?
3: Whoa! <gasps> No Man Presents, live
4: from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts,
1: Jerry, Justin, and Al.
4: What's up guys, we're back, we're live, we are in the Nudie Bar, thank God. It has not been misplaced. I am joined by the guy who looks dirty. Jerry, what's up, Jerry? Ew. Yeah. You just uh, are looking a little ripe tonight, man. Well, I had to borrow a shirt from your closet. (laughs) Ah, my wedding shirt. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And the guy who... uh... He, he was running a little late, but he's here. He was out picking up pantyhose and tampons. Uh, Justin, what's up man?
5: <laughs> uh, I got nothing. <laughs> why is this why would this single guy be
4: the one that does? <laughs> We're reviewing the house that Peg lost. Season three, episode 16. Stephen Marcy returned from vacation shocked to find a big hole where their house used to be. This episode is directed by Jerry Cohen and the writers are Steve Granite and Mel Shearer.
2: Where glamour meets Dame Fortune, here we are at the luckiest men on earth party. And look, isn't that Joe Piscopo at poolside? <laughs>
4: Joe Piscopo is a comedian and he went through this weird phase where he was like a bodybuilder too. And it was like all in the 80s so it was like super cheesy and he had like a curly mullet. <laughs> in uh, 1988 a year before you know this aired, he divorced his wife. He was married to a model who used to be on the Wheel of Fortune. He was married to Nancy Jones in 1973. And what happened was they had one kid, and because of that kid, he met his future wife because they needed a babysitter. And he fell in love with his 18-year-old babysitter who was uh, like a hot chick in the 80s named Kimberly Driscoll. And so he basically left his wife and they got divorced. And a year later, I think he married this babysitter, like a hot blonde. And he was in the public eye, so everybody knew about it. I mean, of course, women despised him after that. And there were like supposedly a whole bunch of people trying to like break them apart. So he goes and he makes a public ass of himself. And he goes on that. So I guess that's why he's really lucky, they say, because he's with a a chick way younger than him. Oh, no. Uh, he was born in like 1951. So by 88, I guess he was like 37. And she was 18. So she, he's 20 years older so he goes on national television i don't know what show it was we'd have to like look into it maybe but and he goes and i guess he begged the producers or whoever i don't know how he was even able to do this but he goes on national television and and belts out a song on tv singing about he's professing his love for kimberly and talking about how people are trying to break them up, and how much he loves her, and blah blah. And it was the most—it's like known as the most cringeworthy, embarrassing moment that a man, you know, basically neuter[s] himself on national television.
3: I'm gonna YouTube that later because that—that <laughs> sounds hilarious.
4: It, it, the song is just called "Kimberly," I think. So I'll—I'll uh, I'll play a little bit of it on this show because people won't even believe it.
1: to be Kimberly, 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 there's evil forces working here, girl, they're trying to pull us apart, apart. but it's true, my love for you is clear and through, it's made from my heart, why oh, don't they just let us be?
2: You're a woman, I'm a man. Come and take my hand. Cover me, cover me, cover me. Cover me. Cover me. Three, Ow! Yeah. Have you seen my ashtray? Oh, there it is. <laughs> I thought the beer tasted like your hamburgers. It's an old family recipe. Of course, Mom's was a little different. She chewed tobacco.
4: Yeah, yeah, I remember her lemonade. (laughs) So, uh, what would you guys prefer? Ashy beer and burgers or tobacco-chewed lemonade?
3: Ash. I'll take the ash. I'm not taking someone's chewing tobacco. Oh, that's an easy one. Definitely the, uh... The beer. Yeah, we might have already done that and not even known it.
5: I definitely have done that. (laughs) I've done both, not lemonade, though.
0: Mom, Dad, I love you. (laughs) No, I already took some, thanks. No, I just wanted to remind you that tomorrow's the big day, so thanks for letting me have my pajama party.
3: Oh, no, you're not having a pajama party. I'm still getting flashbacks from the last one you had.
0: Daddy, I was eight.
3: But the judge wanted to try you as an adult. Yeah! That's weird because now I want to try her out as an adult. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have much time to wait. She gotta be at a seven eleven? Yeah. If you meet her in the back,
4: yeah. It's there's you don't have to wait. I think what was it, Tuesday she'll be there. <laughs> what could she have done to be tried as an adult? I don't even understand that, but
3: Well, she shaved her dad's head. There not were the boys not legal. <laughs> yeah. There were boys involved. Like, I don't know. This is one of those jokes where I like your imagination can run wild, but to actually like pick something, yeah, it's not gonna happen.
0: Mommy, thanks for letting me have my pajama party.
2: You're welcome. Oh, no, I'm not gonna sit here and let you two make my decisions for me.
1: That's how we had Bud. <laughs>
0: Dad, if you remember, I was the first one to say Let's throw him back (laughs) You promised that I could have another pajama party It's right here in black and white You signed it when I was eight Absolutely no parties involving Pajamas, music, or shaving Daddy's head while he sleeps (laughs) Until you're sixteen Signed, your father, God help me, Al Bundy
3: You can't hold me to that, I thought I'd be dead
4: by now
2: (laughs) Well, the joke's on you, Dad no, actually the joke's on me, <laughs> but not very often.
0: <laughs> hey, Kel, word for the peephole in the girl's shower room is that you're having a pajama party. Is this true? Girls here and in pajamas? <laughs> Bud, please, your pimple is squirting me. <laughs> only. Can't you send him somewhere like Stephen Marcy's, the zoo, the Phoebe tank at
2: Marineland? <laughs> bud, while Kelly's having her party, you will stay in your room. And you're only allowed out for dinner. Which means you'll be in your room.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, come on, bud. Just pretend that it's a normal Saturday night. Turn the lights down low, put on some soft music, and dial 1-800-NO-DATE. <laughs> No, Kel. If it was a normal Saturday night, I'd be busy selling low numbers to the guys outside your window.
4: Now, Jerry, can I sell you some low numbers? Um,
3: if it's one and two and three. Can I get four also? How, how many numbers per night? Hey, come on, don't be a number pig. Well, I mean, suey,
4: right? Suey! <laughs> like what do people do, go suey, and the pigs run over
3: <laughs> and eat? Like What does that even mean? Oh, I st- To this day, I still think that's the funniest thing to ever happen. That's the funniest feedback we've ever gotten on a show.
4: Now, I like when Peg says to Al, why don't you ever take me to a hotel? He says, you just find your way home. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was supposed to be your opening line i was gonna say the guy who we take to hotel rooms or to hotels but still finds his way home wait me or oh it was for yeah, me. that was for you and I, I forgot i wasn't gonna say that justin's dirty but i think that was because i i took my notes i forgot to put stars next to it
5: because i'm mexican and that might be considered
4: racist uh no <laughs> so stupid
0: we just wanted to say how we felt Oh, and ask if you would watch our house for us while we're in New York. Peggy, Steve's taking me to the theater. Then we're going to check into this little hotel we know. Yeah, it's
3: not really little. It's, uh, 200 a night.
2: <laughs> Come, you never take me to a hotel, Al. Because you just find your way home.
1: <laughs>
2: Look, we stop
0: the mail, cancel the newspaper, put all the plants in the bathtub. All you have to do is let the plumber in to fix the sink. Steve, now that I hear myself say it, I'm not sure they can do it.
3: Marcy, it's so easy a chimp could do it. Unfortunately, we couldn't find a chimp, so we lower our standards and go with these two. Here you go. Oh, uh, and if a chimp comes by, tell him we couldn't wait any longer. Have a nice time. Enjoy the show. Have a safe trip. Don't worry about a thing. They're gone. I
1: got the key. Let's loot their house. <laughs>
4: They give the Bundys the key to their house. Now, w- did you expect anything to happen after that besides Al going right over there and looting it?
3: Uh, I, I expected, I was like, okay, this, this is going to revolve around something happening with their house. But I expected like a small theft or something, like their TV was stolen, something like that. That's what I assumed because then they'd be like, oh, Peggy, you just let anyone in there? Right. Yeah. But also, I would have assumed at that point, like, there would have been a scene outside where, like, Peggy would be outside and she would see someone looking into the Rhodes' house windows. And she would be like, oh, here's the key. And then that would have been the setup for the episode, which would be super believable. And they just threw that completely out the window because this is season three. Did you think that.
4: Kelly was going to steal the key and go have the party at their house because Al didn't want it in his and then she was going to make it a whole big thing and, like, trash the place.
3: Oh, I did that think have actually. Yeah, that would have been really good. That's where I thought it was going. Though, when I, after I'd watched the episode and I looked up, like, I was looking up stuff for the episode, someone had the description as their house was... De- when a construction crew mistakenly demolishes their house... I'm like, first of all, there's no way they demolished the house that fast and no one noticed. Literally, in enough time for Al to go to a grocery store and get a single bag of groceries, they demolished a whole house, cleaned it up, and got it out of there. And at that point, I was like, I should probably not nitpick this episode. But I will nitpick one thing. (laughs) When Steve leaves the house, if you watch him, he take when he's getting to the door, he reaches out for the door and then pulls his hand back because he apparently remembered that, oh well, Ed O'Neill's gotta come say a line that involves the door. I'm not supposed to close the door. But they didn't but they didn't like retake that or do a second thing or anything. I guess no one caught it. Hmm. It's kinda like the ring falling out of the pants thing. You know, pig, you can learn a lot about people going through their safe. <laughs> I wonder if Steve knows that the house is only in Marcy's name.
2: Huh. And I wonder if Marcy knows that Steve's mother is the beneficiary to his life insurance.
3: Also, they should already have that VCR. They stole that VCR last episode. Yeah, it's interesting. They should still have
4: it. I mean, one could assume that, you know, a week or two went by and they got it again.
3: Yeah, they, they came back and took it back or something, but... And
4: we talked about this. Like, what was the joke we made? Like... I forgot what it was. It was like sort of t- – oh, hair.
3: Yeah, and also the same thing like with the continuity of like Peggy winning a car.
4: Yeah, yeah, that too. It's like a weird – it's a hybrid of all this because um, they had a, a hair episode of of sorts and then they had another one a week later with them losing their hair and then um, now it's weird to – to write back-to-back episodes where the Bundys steal a VCR. It's like, well, what should we do this week? Well, just steal a VCR again. And yeah. But Justin pointed out when we were talking that the production code is different on this episode. This most likely took place after the next two episodes we're going to review. So there are actually the Peggy... Uh, Ma- oh, with the name of the next two episodes? Married with Married Queen? With- Prom. Prom, Prom Queen. Queen. See, mine doesn't say that, and this thing it just says married dot dot, dot with queen. No.
3: Oh <laughs> uh, mine mine definitely says married dot, dot dot with prom queen. Really?
4: Yeah.
3: Yep. That is odd.
4: Yeah, mine doesn't say that. Uh, on IMDB I'm sure it does though. Yeah, married with prom queen. Um the part one and two of that should have been between these two episodes. So I think they yeah. figured there's two episodes, so it's okay to do the same joke again. Um Peg gets called June Cleaver. And that's obviously just the reference. uh, Leave it to Beaver's mother was named June Cleaver. And I guess she was like the perfect mom who cooked and cleaned and was loving and supportive to the father. So I guess that's why he's obviously saying that she's the opposite of that. So it's ironic to call her that.
3: Yeah. And if you're under the age of 20 and have no idea what Leave it to Beaver is, it's also the line that Eminem uses in 8 Mile in his final uh battle rounds at the end of the shit uh movie. Yep. You'll know it from there. Against Papa Doc? No uh no he uses it against um the uh, Lotto. The guy who was like, Lotto, that tank top don't fit you. Cause he's like, uh Ward, I think you were a little hard on the Beaver, so was a yeah, Haskell. Lotto was uh, like Yeah, June and Miss Cleaver. <laughs> he's like, I hate to have to murder that dude from leaving to beaver. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Eminem would have watched Married with Children. Oh, yeah. Probably. Growing up. I'm sure he did. Uh, there's a joke right here between uh, Bud and Kelly. It was like a, over 100 million served, signed by your bed. Uh, she ends up winning saying ha, and he goes, spell it. Oh, yeah. Wow. But but here's the thing. That's a reused joke because they already used that joke a few episodes when she wrote it on the side of the bus. No, that's what I, that's what I recognized, but...
4: Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of the idea that we just did this again. Wow.
3: Yeah. And it got the question going to me. How often would we consider it a callback or is it just them straight up recycling a joke so soon?
4: Well, callback is more like the way the Patty Bright girl reacted
3: to the coffee or... I mean, you can make it make sense. You could be like, oh, Bud wasn't expecting to lose, so he didn't have an answer, so he just threw something that was, you know, he had used before back on her. If you're a kidnapper, don't forget the
4: little male child upstairs. (laughs) Have a nice day. (laughs) Excuse me, ma'am, but I'm looking for uh, Steve's Roadhouse.
2: Ah, it's next door. Here are the keys.
4: And then she said, it's next door points sort of to the left, which is where we think the house is. Like if you're looking at the Bundy's house, the Rhodes house should be to the right of it. And he goes and lifts up their
3: house and takes it away. That's the one thing that did bother me in this episode, is I have no idea if Steve's house is to the left, to the right, or directly across the street. The best I'm going to come up with is they must
4: live on a cul-de-sac, that, and they're right at the bend of it. And you could sort of see the front of their house if you look out of the front of yours. That's the only way this makes sense. Because otherwise, she should have ran over to the sliding door in the back behind the couch. Uh, well, what is she going to do? Crawl through the the hole in the fence left by Bella? <laughs> What's well, the size of a human face? She could <laughs> fit, right?
3: Well, I guess she could also just go through the other hole that will ha- happen from Peg's mom. Right. Laying on it, they've got a lot of holes in their fence. <laughs> and that's like is a cheese. If there was a
4: house that's somehow left for this guy to come and lift and drive away to be used as a chicken place, wouldn't you expect it to look different? Shouldn't it be? Shouldn't he know? Shouldn't he say, "Wait a minute, this isn't this isn't what we're supposed to be picking up"? There's
3: this, <laughs> this is supposed to be a by level. or' supposed to be this. like it's just so odd. How, like, how, one, how do you just move a house? Like, the only reason I didn't question it is because as I was watching it, the joke made me think of the joke in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. And so I laughed at that. And after that, I just went back to the episode. But I'm you're pretty sure you can, can just, move. A you house. Can. They moved the original Michael Myers house. Yeah, but not in literally an hour. You, I mean, <laughs>
5: yeah, I mean, I doubt that you're going to be able to do that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you
4: can't. This is one of those things you cannot look into. So I'm not even going to penalize the episode for. It. I mean, it is the most outlandish joke ever, but it is funny to think that they come home to a, a mud hole. Like that's great. I don't know who like who in the writing room. Like I could imagine the conversation. Like, well, let's make an episode where this, the the the, the roads come home and their house is gone. Because it was you and it's like uh okay, how could we do that though And like what it would it do get wisp away in a tornado and land in Oz and it's funny that they actually reference that because later when Marcy faints over the whole idea, she dreamed that she was in Oz, which is weird because that's what happened the house was just lifted up and it was just there was nothing there at Annie M's farm or whatever you know so it's a weird like tie-in reference.
3: Yeah, but you know what, like I believe, okay, my mom grew up very poor in Alabama, and she told me at one point, there was a house that they lived in that the floor, like when she was really, really, really young, was dirt. Yeah, I've heard of that. So, I can believe that with Wizard of
4: Oz. Right. But you saw the bottom of the house, it was like wood in that movie though. Exactly.
3: Exactly. They didn't have, like, running plumbing, so it's not like pipes had to be ran into the house or anything. Yeah, they just sat on dirt, right. Yeah, you just sat on dirt, and they just have a wood bottom. Yeah, you can just pick that up and move it, but you couldn't do that to houses in the 80s. Right.
4: Yeah, it's just the most outlandish thing.
3: So
2: I let the plumber in over at Stephen Morris's. Oh, they'll be so happy. By the way, did you know their house is gone? <laughs> what do you mean, gone? Gone. Like my hopes, my dreams, my future. Oh, gone. It can't be gone. How? Stephen Marcy's house is gone.
1: Nothing gets by
3: you, does it, Peg? <laughs> Except a house.
1: Uh
4: Peg, like we said. Does a thing where she looks across the street. And, like I said, it must be a cul-de-sac because she's looking out of the front of her, ha- you know, out of the front window, and that garage extends, so she couldn't see anything to the left anyway. So it it is a whole bizarre thing. But uh, so the best line around here is when when Al says, "If they don't bring it up, you don't bring it up."
3: <laughs> Hold on, I know this is dumb, but. Their house would have to be to the left, that, and it would be blocked by the garage, because Bella got in on that side, and he went out the sliding glass door to the left side to shoot her, so their house should be on the left, so there's no way she should be able to look out the front door... And see anything. ...and see uh, it. Yeah. Like, because th- their backyard is actually their side yard for some reason. Right.
4: Yeah, he shot Bella there. Yeah, that's... That makes... In the petunia. Yeah. <laughs> His brains are in the (laughs) baconias. That's great. Whether or not... Okay, let's put it this way. Whether or not Peg gave somebody, the wrong guy, keys or not, they could still lift up your house and take it away. That guy having the keys had no bearing on whether or not they were taking...
5: Yeah, like, you don't need a car... uh, 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 A keys to tow a car
4: away. So, I would just say, I have no idea, I didn't... What do you think? I told somebody to tow your house away. I have no idea.
3: But then they would ask. But then Stephen Marcy would be like, "Well, where's our keys at?"
4: I gave them to the plumber. Okay, I guess you could say that. Say a guy said, "Where's Steve Rhodes' house?" I gave it to him, and he never, he never returned them. And that's it. I
5: think I think they're looking at suing the wrong people here.
4: <laughs> oh, they're going to be so rich after they get their stuff. Which, uh, by the way, Steve's Roadhouse actually exists. There's even a Facebook page for it. It's uh, it's a bar and steakhouse in um, San Antonio, Texas. So uh, if you ever want to go to the real Steve's Roadhouse, that's where it is. Now, uh, Al said this roadhouse is in Waukegan, Illinois. That's where they uh, – when they picked up Steve and Marcy's house, that's where they dropped it and opened up the chicken business. And that is roughly an hour away from – where they live. So it's not really far. They can go there. And yeah, you know.
3: I just want to throw it out there that if any fan of the show lives near this place in Texas, please, please go get me a picture <laughs> of it. Like, go, like, if you can go and take a picture of it and she, like, and it says Steve's Road, Steve Rhodes House, <laughs> I will send you a married with children shirt. Oh. For you to take another picture of yourself in front of it wearing the Married with Children shirt. Wow. Whoa. Cause that is awesome. That would be so cool. That is awesome.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna run a commercial on this show uh so people know they could get our shirts too, by the way. Like if you guys go to Tea Public, you can get shirts of our show, uh like mouse pads, coffee mugs, you know, the whole thing, stickers, notebooks, whatever. And it's all that awesome artwork that josh james did that's our i'm sure you've seen it by now if you're listening to this uh if you look this up anywhere online it's our like shows banner and stuff so you can get shirts and stuff like that and they're pretty cheap they're only like 14 bucks or whatever so
3: well they're all they're 14 if they're on sale they're dude
4: they're always on sale like
3: yeah they go on sale like every other month
4: so just wait two weeks he will get on sale um and they're a little undersized so i'd go one size bigger if i were everybody
2: it's Steven, Marcy. They're home early. Oh, I just know they're going to be in a foul mood. Hope they're not going to come over here.
1: Uh, what are they doing?
2: Well, they're looking at their hole.
1: Now they're looking at our house.
2: Now their hole. Now our house. Yep, I knew it. Here they come. I just know they're going to blame
4: us. So one of the best jokes ever is when they ring the Bundy's doorbell after they come home to the hole where their house used to be. And Al goes,
1: who is it? (laughs)
3: Like, what was that delivery, man? That was classic. That voice was was hilarious, though, because I was just like, wait a second. Like, why are you doing such a, like, weak voice? (laughs) Like, are you trying to pretend you're Peggy or something right? I love when Al tries
4: to do like he's done this before uh, in the episodes that we've reviewed already where he tries to take people's mind, mo- oh yeah, when he shot Bella, he was like, "Hey, look, Peg, it's Stephen Marcy from the cross the street or or next door or whatever. See, here I am now even confusing it next door, Al, we heard a shot, they heard a shot, Peg. Did you hear a shot? You know, and, and now he's doing it again with, you know, so how was your trip? And uh, we're not going to bring up the, the house that's missing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Open up in there. <laughs> oh, hey, Steve. <laughs>
3: I'd love to talk to you, but... I know you're all tired out from your trip, and also, why don't you just turn in and we'll chat tomorrow?
1: <laughs> 99. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> hey, Steve, uh, that's rude. <laughs> as home is <as> his castle. <laughs>
3: Well, mine is a moat, Al. What did you do with our house? Well, now, relax. Just relax. Tell us about your trip first. You want to hear about our trip? Okay. I'll tell you about our trip.
2: First, they lost our luggage. Then our hotel reservations. The play we wanted to see stunk, and I didn't get any sleep. Why? Because all the good heating grates were taken so we came home you have anything to tell us
3: no
1: well, Kelly's having a party Bud's doing well in school where's our house Al it's a chicken restaurant
2: in Waukegan <laughs> hey, you didn't think I knew did you see this is really so funny see this guy came over and asked for Steve's Roadhouse. house well I thought he said Steve Rhodes' house and then one thing led to another and your house was gone <laughs>
4: So, one of the greatest lines that didn't get a good chuckle out of the audience, sadly. I guess maybe they don't know what it is, or I, I thought it was a pretty um, uh, good joke. Don't you know a man's home is his castle? And he goes, mine's a moat, Al. That,
3: that was <laughs> hilarious. Also, that's, that's a good line. when Al go, ask him about his weekend, Steve's head is tilted. And when he asked that, he straightens up, and he was like, oh, well, let me tell you. (laughs) And I like to me, that is like... We've talked about it many times on on the show where the way they do eye glances or the way they tilt their head or these really small, like, niche things make the show so much better. Yeah. And that was a prime example for me when he lifted his head back to being straight from tilted. Oh, so good. It makes...
4: The characters and the whole thing feel lived in. Yes. When they have all these little touches. That's that's what it does. Um, <clears throat> like, the, just think of the acting abilities of these guys. If, if they threw this script to you, could
3: you even sell this? It's like...
4: <laughs> it's amazing. Dude, if
3: I... There are too many problems with this script that I would have been like, no. Go back. Make these changes. The thing is, though, dude, like, this
5: episode... Its strength is during like the slumber party stuff, and it's it's like kind of takes the back seat a little bit. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, it is the B plot.
5: Yeah, I feel like it should be the A plot though, because I'm more interested in that.
3: I wonder <laughs> why.
5: I just I legit met story wise. Oh, oh, not you yeah, weren't just looking forward to looking at you. Like I just I, thought it was like great like fodder for funny things to happen and yeah. like jokes and and different things like that. You know what I mean?
3: Justin also buys Playboys for the articles. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You're
5: funny. That's actually a a completely relevant good joke. Good job.
4: Yeah, Hugh Hefner reference. Who, uh, RIP, buddy. It's relevant in many ways, actually. That was
5: actually perfect. Good job. Proud of you.
3: Yeah. I'm super proud of me. It's the only thing y'all are going to get for being proud of me for a while, so enjoy it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
4: unfortunately, we I did look it up, and none of Kelly's friends uh, were ever naked. Um, some of them do have pretty good careers, though. Um, so obviously, <clears throat> uh, I guess we'll get to it real quick, since we're already in this uh, mode, even though it's a little bit later on. Um, Bud dresses up like Hugh Hefner. Obviously, that's the guy founded Playboy uh, back in 1953, and uh, he died... Last year, in September twenty seventh, he was a pretty amazing guy just on his lifestyle alone. I mean, he had it was like a grotto in the Playboy Mansion. Like he had there's stories that were confirmed by girls who eventually went on Howard Stern, like girls who just got into Playboy and then they, <clears throat> you know, didn't need it no more, so they were willing to say stuff. He'd have like three or four Playboy centerfolds at a time in his bed and this was like a nightly occurrence and the guy was like this went on from i guess since in his 20s or 30s till he died at 91 (laughs) so he had a pretty amazing life yep (laughs) yeah it's pretty crazy
2: oh look marcy's coming too oh i had this awful dream I
0: dreamt I was Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Peggy, you were the good witch.
4: Peg was the good witch, because Glinda also had, uh... She was also a redhead in The Wizard of Oz, so that's what that joke was a reference to.
0: Al, you were looking for a brain. (laughs) And Steve? You were Don Johnson naked. (laughs) Then a train went through a tunnel...
4: Then she said Steve was Don Johnson and they had sex. He, of course, was pretty popular at this time because he had a show that was still going on for about one more year during this show. Miami Vice is what he's known for. Don Johnson. Um, That was uh, it's like a that's a pretty big show. And actually, I think Mills Creek owns that as well. And I think they put that all on
3: Blu-ray. Which really How do you put Miami Vice on Blu-ray, but not Married with Children? I don't know. Yeah. Supposedly, it was
4: filmed <laughs> – I don't know. I think the argument is that Married with Children was filmed with videotape, and <clears throat> I guess they shot uh, Miami Vice in real film, like 35 millimeter.
3: So wow. Yeah, that that, wow. that can make a difference. That's
4: your justification. But here's the thing. They – because this whole argument that there's no reason to put it on Blu-ray, it makes no sense. These DVDs look terrible. Like, even when I do screenshots for the show and I put it on our Facebook, they just look amazingly bad. Now, I bought wrestling Blu-rays, and they're, these are wrestling from like the 70s, 80s, and 90s, a lot of NWO stuff. That was all shot on videotape, but they still put that on Blu-ray, and it looks way better than the DVDs I used to buy.
5: Yeah, yeah, technically, if it's not on film, you can't do like a actual like film transfer. But I'm sure you can still upscale and digitally, you know, re- restore and and things like that to to it because i'm I'm with you on that, dude, like everywhere online. and maybe maybe that's partially why you know, uh, it's some of the information is so hard to come by with this show, maybe people just would be more into sharing memes and different things. Like there's clearly a strong sense of it, but all, most of the screen caps are pretty trash. Right.
3: Yeah. And yeah. not only even if you don't even look at the quality side of it, Blu-rays last a lot longer than DVDs. DVDs get disc rot way faster. They scratch way easier. Like Blu-rays literally will last th- three to four times longer than a DVD will. Yeah, it, and, and this
5: shitty <laughs> Mill Creek set—if <laughs> it was Blu-rays, I would have half the di- discs. discs. Right. You're like one third the discs that I have to deal with.
3: <laughs> yeah, of course, you know if they put out—if they did put out a Blu-ray set, we still wouldn't get like any special features.
5: Yeah, yeah, not not as long as like a company like Mill Creek ha-
3: owns it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Mill Creek—if you. I'll so say if Mill Creek does decide for some special features and maybe you need some commentary on a few episodes. Uh, oh. up?
4: Yep. They they could uh they could come knocking. They're actually not
5: an impossible thing to do. That's happened a few times. Like fan fan commentaries on official releases.
3: That's very true. Paramount had uh Adam Green and Joe Lynch do that commentary for, for Friday, Friday four. Yep.
5: yep. Yeah, and we have ties to Man Beers. Come on.
3: Yeah, really,
4: man. Yeah. Al, you know, so Marcy and Steve are now going to sleep at the Bundys because they have nowhere to go. And I don't, I don't even know, like, exactly wh- what steps they're taking. Like, are they sleeping there just tonight and the house will be back tomorrow? Like, what's happening? We get no real status on how they handled this entire situation. So that's kind of funny. Like, I have no idea what they're doing about it. but Yeah. <laughs> They're just sort of staying with the Bundys at the moment.
3: Yeah. And I was going to say, why wouldn't they just go stay at like a hotel or a motel? But obviously they've had their experiences with that are very bad. Yeah. They don't want (laughs) to get videotaped. Yeah. They're either getting videotaped or like the one here was just terrible. Right. So
4: Al let Steve borrow a shirt. Now, this shirt I always found insanely amusing. I married, shoot me. Uh, It's just those words on a gray shirt. And I always I always wanted to wear that because I think it just really encapsulates like marriage. And I always felt that way just from other marriages I've observed. I had one made up for me in the mall a
3: week before I was married. Be honest. That's the only reason you actually got married was to have that shirt and <laughs> not be a, a, a fake. Right. Yeah. I'm not
4: going to wear it. people are going to be like, dude, you're not married, you loser. I'd be like, oh, what the, why would you wear a shirt that says you are? That's kind of weird. Uh, you know, I love Steve, too. I just don't feel the need to mention it every 46 seconds because I feel that like Jerry does that for us. So I actually do like him enough that I wanted to wear the same shirt that he had. So That's right, you did. On the morning of my wedding, when we all came down for breakfast, that's what I wore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Tom, Did... Okay, did she know about the shirt beforehand, or was this her first time seeing it? No, she knew about it. Oh, dude, that would have been hilarious if she hadn't known about it. You had her face dropped? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't even been
4: married for a full 24 hours, and I was already wearing a shirt that said, I'm married, shoot me. Yeah, (laughs)
1: That's that's
4: amazing. Yep. (laughs) So, Marcy and Steve are going to sleep on the couch, the famous couch in the living room, I don't know what's going on here. Like, did nobody tell these two that there's going to be a, a slumber party? Like, Alan Pegg didn't even bother to mention, oh, hey, by the way, a gaggle of teenage girls are going to come in here and have a party where you guys are sleeping?
3: Like, oh,
4: my God. Like,
3: <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything because I wasn't going to try to nitpick the episode. But seriously, they, for- they just forgot. Or they didn't bother to even – I don't know. I, I feel like it's more like that – the,
4: the jerkiness of Alan Pegg yeah. more, more than like a plot hole.
3: Also, if all the girls are having the pajama party downstairs, why couldn't Marcy and Steve go into Kelly's room? All the girls are sleeping downstairs. It's a right. pajama party. They're not all going to – Kelly's not going to be like, all right, guys, I'm going to my bed. But what a great – I got a line waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Give them low
4: numbers. Get them in there. Let them go to sleep. And then they'll wake up and we can – Get on with the regular business. What a great visual, though, for the two of them to be on the couch. Marcy looks like hell. Steve looks like death. And these girls come in, and they all instantly just sit around as if they don't realize that these two are older people who shouldn't be here. And then all of a sudden they all just stop, and they have, like, a pizza box with them and everything. And they just stop and look at them. They're like, who are these old people?
3: Yeah, and they all arrived at the exact same time. Right, right. I guess,
4: like, a mom dropped them
3: all off. One mom just took her van around to pick them up.
5: What about a school bus?
3: Yeah. Oh, I don't think they have the one they stole anymore. (sighs) I think it got destroyed when, uh, someone wrote bad things on the side of it. Ha ha, and they wrote, they pushed it on in the ghetto, yeah.
0: Cal, who are the old people? (laughs) (laughs) Is this your mom and dad? Oh, God, no. No, these are just the neighbors. They live in the empty lot next door. (laughs)
1: They look dirty. Ew. Ew.
3: Now, Al gets a sex point. That he does. He's very uncomfortable doing it while other people in the house. You know, Steve and Marcy and the kids and Peggy. (laughs) It's very uncomfortable when Peg's still there. And this is not the first time that al has gotten a sex point because people walked in the room
4: no he got it when the the neighborhood watch came in yep probably for the same episode wow how many times are we going to mention the bella episode um but i didn't shoot the deputy like that's crazy we mentioned this like on four different occasions already with this episode
3: Hmm. it's weird yeah it's like we're doing callbacks or reusing jokes or something
4: yeah are we just (laughs) reusing jokes or is this a callback (laughs) So they go upstairs to go to sleep in the Bundy's bedroom. They can't sleep because <clears throat> Kelly's blasting music and she never knew
3: ten toes could smell that bad. You know what? I got a question for you with these girls. Like with the whole like them trash talking each other while they was going around, like guys don't do that. Like we trash talk to each other's face. Like we make a game out of like putting each other down. Yep. And, you know, it kind of works because there's always, like, small truths in it. So you can kind of, if you're really paying attention, you can kind of, like, adjust yourself to better yourself, like, socially. But girls, they always do it behind each other's back. But here's my question. In this sense, they're making fun of one girl. She comes back, a girl who was there getting made fun of or that was making fun of her gets up and leaves and then they all make fun of her
0: Can you believe Charlene what a loser God I hate her she's so phony and a boring slob <laughs> She couldn't turn a boy on with a switch <laughs> oh,
1: I know she's so, know. so
0: what a <laughs> name girl. Oh hi Charlene you look great you know, we were just saying that you must have to beat the boys off with a stick. <laughs> My turn. God, I hate her. She oh, is she's so-, so
3: Alex. You pointed. You said something before we started recording about where she goes is wrong or something. Can you point that out real quick? Yeah. Um. This was a misconception. I think.
4: I think the person who added this into IMDb is actually mistaken. On IMDb, it says that the girl, well, both girls, they go through the attached garage door, apparently to go to the bathroom. But Al doesn't install one until years later. Whoa! Didn't we already do this? Wasn't it a dump of my own? Yeah, but I didn't even, th- I didn't even put it together that. Oh yeah, they're going to that bathroom Al made. But yeah, I guess that would have to be where they're going. So dump of my own uh, obviously
3: took place long before this episode. Okay, then what episode do you know off the top of your head? Is there a future episode that involves him making another bathroom? I wonder if
4: they're talking about when he made his man cave in the garage or something. I have no idea. He did that, but Dump of My Own was season three, episode five, which took place in January. So I don't understand how these people think that that didn't happen yet. Like, did that episode take place in the future? Did they say, well, I'm so glad it's 1994, let's go build a bathroom.
3: Yeah, I'm so, I am I think this might be an episode where we pointed out more just odd, weird things ev- than any other episode beforehand.
4: It It is. It, a lot of weird things like that. It's good to talk about this episode. There's yeah. just so much to learn. Like, I feel this is a well-rounded show already, and we're not even, like, done yet. Yeah. And I feel like I don't even get to, like... We didn't even talk about any of these girls. Uh, The girls' names are Lauren, Tasha, Karen, and Charlene. And none of them, none
3: of them wanted to step up to Club Bud.
4: (laughs) Nope, not one. So, Allison Barron's one of the girls. She was in a lot of horror movies. She was in Night of the Demons, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, and Patriot Games.
3: Who's she playing? Night of the Demons.
4: Yeah, she didn't have big roles, like in Nightmare Part 2, she was just the girl on the school bus, probably in that opening dream sequence. Uh, who,
3: well, okay, wait, which which actress is this?
4: Uh, this is Allison Barron. Allison Barron. Good luck trying to put the names <laughs> to the face, but. Uh, Tracy Justrich, she was in, like, 8 is Enough, Knots Landing, Doogie Howser, M.D. You know, I guess it's a career, but. Kristen Piercy, she was in Life Goes On with Corky, Romero, or whatever. Full House, and that's about it. She really didn't, and Charles in Charge. But these were all, like, mostly one-offs, except for Life Goes On. And Lori Shears was in Cinderella's Daughter, for better or worse, Bachelor Man. She hasn't worked since 2004. Nothing, oh, she was in Beverly Hills 90210 in 91. And the last guy to mention is Jonathan Coogan, the guy who started this whole mess, who asked for the where steve's roadhouse is he uh wasn't in much that we would know with children was his first acting role believe it or not uh so him asking for that house was the first thing he ever did and he was in like pups grounded for life in the fall dude stuff i never really heard of but
5: so did did you mention that uh alice and baron was uh helen and night of the demons
3: yeah Yeah. the chick that like you no one remembers because she doesn't she comes in with the black dude. She's not the Asian chick. She's not the su- the main little uh, Bo Peep, Alice in Wonderland, white chick. Right. She's not either one. She's not Leanna Quigley, and she's not the main <laughs> demon chick. It's like, so she's the one that no one remembers. I'm looking now.
4: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, no one's going to remember her. Uh Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, she's... She's the least memorable. And I'm looking at it right now from The Nightmare 2. Actually, that's who I thought she was in Nightmare Elm Street Part 2. Yeah, she, she sort of got... She's like the one person that's not memorable in that movie. <laughs> uh, oddly enough.
5: In, in at Night of Demons? Yeah. Yeah, really, when you think about it, she kind of is.
4: Right, that's... Wow. Okay, here's a joke that I don't like. These types of weird force jokes that I think are just stupid so bud is sitting on the couch the chick makes believe she's into him it could be the girl we just mentioned i don't even know and um she says that she's into him so i'm gonna give you something close your eyes okay and then she said and and get ready or whatever and bud
3: leans forward instead of leaning to the side where she is i was like
4: what the hell (laughs) Like talk about telegraphing a joke. Okay, we all know where this is going, and of course, when you see Kelly to the left of the screen with Buck, it's it's still sort of funny or whatever. But you you and then you, you look back at Bud and you are wondering why are you leaning forward and going so yeah. low? What do you think she's gonna let you kiss? Exactly. Yeah, and you can still feel her hands on you to the right of you. I don't. It was just one of those stupid way force jokes that I don't like.
3: Yeah. yeah oh we also have a joke right before this that's one of those like i can't believe they just said this in 1989 okay uh, oh i know what it is yeah bud getting called a, sh- a little
4: she-male she-male yep <laughs> now a she-male is what like is that <laughs> a, a lady boy uh a, uh yeah i know what it is trap. But I mean, best <laughs> it's a guy who did everything besides chop his penis off right
5: I uh, i think so I think technically.
3: I mean, but I don't know. I guess it could well, be no, just... some of no, some of them don't get boob implants. Some do. Some go on hormones. Some don't. It's just a derogatory term for, yeah. But do they dress up as women? Like, is everything about them women besides that? Yeah. yeah but they have, like... They, but they still have a, a penis.
4: Right. So they, they may or may not have implants and all the other stuff. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was everything besides that. Okay.
3: But, yeah, I was just surprised to hear that. All, like, I was just like i can't believe they said that
4: (sighs) well another thing i couldn't believe was a flub joke to me it's funny because justin said that there's so much that we could do at this slumber party and yet there are two like bombed jokes like i love the joke about all the girls talking about each other and as soon as they leave like they're staring at the girl until she and she didn't even close the door by the way to the garage (laughs) door and they were already talking about her so she she could have heard it because they're like oh god I hate her you know she didn't even closed the door yet but so they go into this joke Kelly says Bud before you leave could you just say I drink milk and I'm gonna be big and strong
3: Yeah I thought that was kind of lame I'm like you just hit him with a shemale joke and then you're coming with this week? right like get out of here That
4: I guess the only way that Kelly's joke is is remotely funny. Is you guys don't know because I'm sure these commercials didn't really play much in like the mid 90s and up, but they used to actually advertise milk, believe it or not, like as if we all don't know it exists.
3: I remember the Got Milk campaigns, yeah, like Got Milk, right? Dude, why was that so
4: big? I don't know, like, who doesn't why do we have to be told that there is milk available? <laughs> Right? Like, I don't understand this. <laughs> like, hey, guy, <laughs> Why do we have to be told that there's milk available? That's kind of the show. Who wastes their their advertising money on this? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, do they possibly sell more after these commercials ran? I don't – I can't believe it. Uh. I just don't believe it. So – I don't get it, but the, the joke, if it's funny at all, it's because back in the 80s, they used to run these commercials where the kids would drink milk and then they'd grow up to be strong and this and that. So I guess that is supposed to be funny. I don't know.
1: After these messages, we'll be right back. I know I should drink milk because it'll help me grow up
0: big and strong. Milk's got stuff that's good for my bones and stuff that's good for my muscles. And I guess that's okay. But I'm more interested in having fun. That's what makes milk so neat. You can drink a lot of it,
1: and it tastes cool. So it can be a real pick-me-up. Milk, it does the body good.
4: But, like you said, Bud comes back with the greatest runoff of ammo that I've ever seen. So Justin's definitely right here, because they utilize the slumber party thing to the max. Like, Wow. Oh, by the way, I almost forgot there were a few messages for you. Let me
0: see. Oh, Dan Peterson called. He said tomorrow night behind the seven eleven will be fine. Uh, but I don't think that anybody wants to hear this. Dan Peterson, that's my boyfriend. Oh, is he? <laughs> Gee, Kelly thinks he's hers. Oh, well, let's see. Um Greg Barnett called too. You have a date with him Tuesday. Oh, and wear something tight. Wait a minute. I'm dating Greg. Uh Uh-oh. Well. Let's see. Whose boyfriend is Bobby Broccato? Mine. Well, you guys have a lot to talk about. Good night. gonna keep him. <laughs> Chow, Sal. Trollope. Tramp. Slut. Bundy.
3: And <laughs> I know, like when they're like, whose boyfriend is Bobby and two girls are say mine?
4: Oh, amazing. And the one girl seems to have gotten scot free, I guess, but if he, if he didn't keep going through his stuff because the one girl just sort of just sits on the couch while the rest of them are fighting, right? Yeah, I actually thought that was really funny. <laughs> that was like the greatest comeback to let all the girls know that Kelly is with all your boyfriends. What makes them really look bad is that Kelly is with all of these guys at once.
5: That one dude is a straight player because he had the two chicks and then also Kelly. Right? Is right?
4: <laughs> that Bobby broccato I mean, God, that was yeah. Bobby's got that. Bobby got game. <laughs> yeah, could we interview him? Forget about Hugh Hefner. I want to hear how it happens in real life.
5: Yeah, because he was doing this at 16. Yeah. You know? and, and
4: Hugh had to have money and get girls uh, higher positions in life and kind of bribe them. This guy is just whatever. So um, <clears throat> they all fight. Bud watches, takes photographs. Um, So Steve and Marcy, since they can't sleep, they stay up and they start talking. Now, Jerry, even you must have gotten nauseated by this. I mean, I know you like Steve, but you don't want to hear them professing
3: their love for each other, right? You just don't appreciate poetry. Mm-hmm. You just don't understand the the Shakespearean tongue that Steve. No, I really didn't like it. I I, <laughs> I was I I was ready for that to be over. I would have left the room also.
4: Yeah, I like how they did it just enough and said just the right stuff that all of us were just either the viewers waiting for the scene to be over, and Alan pegg don't want to be in here either. Yeah. So,
3: also, have you ever noticed how their nicknames for each other are always sexual? Angel cups, sugar tush. <laughs> Is I'm angel like, cups boobs? Yeah, it's a bra. Angel cups. She's like
4: Steve, I'm only an A cup, and he's like, oh, A stands for angel. So you have angel <laughs> cups. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was nauseating, and Alan Pegg did what we all wanted to do. And they left. They went downstairs, went, walked right through the wreckage, didn't, didn't even phase them. Okay, Kelly, remember, no boys in the house, while Kelly has a hand around her throat. And then they opened the door to see that it is raining. And that just looked like the most miserable, dreary rain ever. It really did. Yeah, and they just still went out there because Al might get lucky enough to drown.
3: Yum, yum, give me some.
4: And, of course, we have no idea what's going on with Steve and Marcy's house. That's just never resolved. They just have it again in the next episode. And I believe Peg, in a later episode, references one time when I lost your house. So we'll have to see when that pops back up. So we'll be right back after this.
2: No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. You can email them at MarriedWChildrenPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode.
4: All right, guys. Yes, remember what I said. We changed our Facebook Uh, situation make sure you're on our facebook again go to facebook type in Married children podcast make sure you're in our group page because we closed that other one down so uh get on that all right guys so we just got done reviewing the house that peg lost how many boyfriends out of five are you stealing for this episode justin
1: well
5: i'm gonna say zero because i don't steal boyfriends (laughs) Uh, uh Honestly, like, I, I felt like this episode was a little flat. It was all right. Uh, I did, I couldn't roll with the concept, though. I think I think Jerry kind of hammered that home a little bit and uh, that he kind of um, – well, he, he aired his problems but also said that he was just going to roll with it, um, which I kind of did too. But at the same time, like, I do think it makes the episode, like, a little wonky. And I think that the only thing that, like, saves it from just being completely average – is Bud's you know vicious attempt at the at the end and I actually liked a lot of the uh little bit of the um summer party that we got and I actually I, I liked the concept of Kelly did something so bad at her summer party that and they don't reveal it that you're just like wonder what the hell that could have been and that she couldn't have one for another you know double her life at that time when she was eight so I thought that was kind of cool you know it was neat um Just going to steal
4: three boyfriends out of five. You have to steal three boyfriends. (laughs) All right, good. Okay, so you like it. Three out of five. Uh, Jerry, how many boyfriends are you stealing for this episode out of five?
3: Justin is pretty spot on here. I'm also at three out of five. It it really does get saved by some really fun jokes, but this plot line gets – I can accept that they're going to do some absurd things, but they at least need to have like backing to it and try to try to make it make sense. And they just don't. They were like, "We have a fun idea, and we are going to force this idea to happen." But Justin's right. There are there are a lot of funny jokes that save it and make up for all the ones that just fall flat. You could nitpick this episode to death. But if you don't, you'll still have some fun with it. So I gave it a, a three out of five also. They are angel cups.
4: <laughs> Thank you. So three, you're only seeing three boyfriends. Okay.
3: I like this episode.
4: Um, I've watched it quite a few times. Uh, like you guys said, the jokes are pretty good right off the bat. Wondering what Kelly did at eight years old. The Yeah, trying to wrap your mind around how any of this could even take place. It, it, oddly enough, like Jerry said, if you, if you just roll with it, which I have my whole life only in doing this show, do we have to sort of break some of this down? And sometimes it could be fun, like trying to figure out how Kelly got the couch to school. And you could just, you know, say maybe she bribed some guys on, for that. They could have a date with her. If they all help her get the couch there or whatever. So that's possible. But this is just, just insanity. But You can still roll with it and just be like, whatever. It's weird that they never resolved it. Like, we have no idea what... Are they getting it back? Oh, they said they're bringing it back next week. We have to wait a week. Nothing. Nothing at all. Um, Would that bother anybody? No, because you had such a great ending with Bud, you know, getting those names out there. These guys sleeping out in the mud puddle. They'd rather sleep in... um, They'd rather sleep there than in their kitchen or in Bud's room or in Kelly's room, which are both unoccupied, or in the basement... Or in the garage. They would actually rather sleep in a mud puddle. Uh, so that's that's also a forced joke that no logical person would ever do when you have those other options. Or even sleeping in their car in the garage, whatever. But it's a comedy show, and you can't really lose sight of that. In that sense, I'm, I'm not going to lose sight of it, so I... would I just smile and go with it. So for me, it's a 3.5 out of 5 boyfriends I'm stealing for this episode. So guys, next week, tune in for a big two-parter. We are going to review Married to the Prom Queen, part one and two. You know, you guys have uh, been here for hopefully all these reviews You know that we put them together like uh, Marcy and Zorro's pants when they went on vacation at Dumpwater, Florida. And now this. Peggy and Al attend the Polk High School reunion where Peg is determined to win the title of reunion queen.